0: Welcome to another episode of Behind the Scenes by Just Baseball Media. As always, I'm Jared Perkins. I have Tyson Shuskiewicz here with me again from Just Baseball and the Canadian Baseball Network. And we also have an incredible guest with us today, Mitchell Brat, left-handed pitcher with the Texas Rangers. Uh, Mitchell, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. No complaints. Thank you guys for having me on.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you on and kind of share your story. Um, the first question I always ask guests, just because I want you to be able to kind of tell the story from from your point of view, but for the viewers who don't know you, uh, give a little bit of background on yourself and kind of your journey through professional baseball. Uh,
1: so I'm from Canada. I'm like 30 minutes north of Toronto. So it's it's a different path and process for the Canadian baseball player than it would be for your average American high school player. Uh, so from like my experiences, and I've had to travel a lot, especially growing up, like in my teenage years, there was a lot of traveling to the States, going down to Florida, Arizona, wherever that may have been. And then with my club team uh, in the summer, we would go down to Michigan, Ohio, New York, Rhode Island, all the all the Northeast states.
0: That's very cool. Very cool. Um, for you, I guess, talk a little bit about that process of coming into having to come to the U.S. for your senior year, right? You went down to Georgia. I was at Georgia Premier Academy, Baseball yep. Academy. Um, right. What was that like for you? One, having to go through a pandemic here, right, where you probably weren't getting scouted as much just because people weren't playing games, having to come in 2021, 20, I think it was, to go to high school in Georgia, and then kind of uh, moving probably away from your family, friends, and like that in Canada. What was that like for you? It was definitely
1: a difficult process, but something that I think helped me with that was the junior national team, the 18-and-under Team Canada team. So ever since I was 15, I was on that team. Uh, we'd go down on trips in uh, September uh, the year prior, and then it'd be March, April, May. That would be like Florida in March, Florida in April, and the Dominican in May uh, for two to three weeks at a time. So I think the transition of being away from home for those two to three weeks at a time definitely made it a little bit easier for when I was gone from – beginning of March until until probably like September-ish because the draft and everything happened. But uh, yeah, that process to Georgia Premier was a little bit different just because, as you said earlier, the pandemic it yeah. definitely made things a little bit complicated. We had a big talk as a family if, if this was a, a good opportunity or not, if this is a safe opportunity or not, a um, bunch of different factors. But we came to a conclusion that I, that I was going to go. Um And even, as you said, I mean, I wasn't really getting scouting all too much because there wasn't anything going on here. There was games going on down in Georgia, Florida, everywhere else except for Canada. Uh, So that was another good decision, just to keep playing and keep throwing. Um, And I was committed to Florida State, actually. And even if the draft didn't fall, like, nothing happened in the draft, things fell through. It was still a good opportunity of me playing, getting my feet wet against good hitters, and then starting my freshman year. But
0: Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And then you went from the Georgia Premier League, right? You went to the MLB Draft League after that. Right. Um, kind of a cool league that the MLB started to help guys get some exposure. I know Damiano, Pauline, Gianni, who's with the Toronto Blue Jays, also from Canada, played in that league as well. Uh, right. What was that experience like for you and how did that really help you or get you seen for the draft as well?
1: I would say that was probably one of the biggest like stepping stones uh, just because it was the exact same schedule as I had in my first year at pro ball. It was games every day. You have Monday off. Um, and the, the schedule was, was pretty identical. I mean, mm-hmm. our head coach, Chad Jerko, he played in the big leagues for quite a few years. Um, he was a great manager to have. He knew the game. He knew so much about it and just took that pro approach into that draft league and said, boys, this is, this is what pro ball is going to look like. Uh, I'm going to run you through the day to day lifestyle and what it's going to be. um, and the bus rides, the living in hotels, everything, it's, it's, it's the way it was. So
0: That's cool that they set it up like that, because I i think a lot of guys don't realize that, especially, I mean, coming out of high school is a little bit different. But guys who come out of like big D1 schools and they're playing in these huge stadiums and they're getting flown, like some schools have charter jets that are taking them to road trips. And they're like, oh, this is the life. And then all of a sudden they get drafted Pro ball, and they're on a bus for nine hours to from one small town to another. So it's kind of cool that they implemented that as well.
1: 10%. yeah, it's definitely a different lifestyle. Like I've got some pretty good team or pretty good friends who are went to big D one schools. And yeah, tell me it's like it's all a little different, a little different. <laughs> yeah,
0: Tyson, I'll turn it over to you. I know you got some questions as well.
2: Yeah, um, again, just because everyone, like I said, you know you're Canadian. Uh, one thing that I kind of want to get a little know, little more knowledge about was just. Going back to your experience in high school, you know, Toronto, the Blue Jays put on the T12, now known as the Canadian Future Showcase, and you took part in that. Uh, just a little bit about your experience in that particular showcase, you know, playing against some of the top players in Canada, but then also, you know, playing at the Rogers Centre, playing in those different environments. What was that like for you?
1: Uh, I feel like the that Canadian Premier Showcase is what it's called now, uh, was probably the biggest stepping stone. Like my first year, I, I feel like that's where I saw the biggest leap uh i was still like a pretty young kid i was only 15 or 14 i think and just like that just like being told that you were going to that event was like such a big deal to me of course like being in the rogers center grew up a huge blue jays fan watching all the games and everything and then all i remember is my warm-up pitches coming out of the bullpen and like i would throw the pitch and my head would be turned to see how hard how hard i was throwing (laughs) before the before the catcher even caught the ball so that was pretty funny but uh just just that experience itself being able to pitch in the dome i mean it was it was empty but just still the experience itself just to be able to look around and say you you've pitched in the rogers center uh and, and face the top top canadian talent
2: was was pretty cool and then you know heading in you like uh, like we mentioned here it's uh you went down to georgia got some more experience you had COVID years what was going through your mind when the mlb draft was going on you know it's you, you did have the commitment to Florida State in case you know, thing like you said, things didn't work out. But what was going through your mind when you know the MLB draft is going on, watching it on TV, around with friends, etc.? What was that experience like for you?
1: So, that experience actually took place in West Virginia. So, I was on the West Virginia Black Bears in the draft league, and I couldn't come home because of the COVID restrictions at the time. So, my parents actually oh, okay. came to me, and <laughs> we, uh, we did the draft in the hotel room in West Virginia. So, that was that was it was interesting i mean i had my computer hooked up to the tv watching it uh, but it, it was pretty quiet to be honest i didn't really hear too much i, I had a plan going in and a certain certain amount of money i would sign for wouldn't etc but uh, i just remember getting a phone call and getting uh, getting a phone call from my agency and them telling me a number and i turned it down and just because it didn't meet my requirements or what my family and i discussed and then Uh, my agent actually didn't have enough time to call me back in between rounds because the Rangers had the second pick, I think, that year. And he just said, Texas. And I look up on the TV, and they're up in a pick. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this could be real. (laughs) And then I'm looking at my parents. They're looking at me. And my dad pulls his phone out. And I'm like, do you know something? And he's like, no, no, I don't. Like, I don't. If it's somebody else, like, they could have two different guys on the table here.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: sure enough, I heard my name. And I honestly, I just – put my head down and b- started bawling my eyes out. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. 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 I mean, it's that experience has to be in- incredible too, especially talking about the COVID. I, we interviewed some guys who made their major league debut during, during the COVID season. Right. And they really couldn't have their family or the family was like somehow quarantined to like a, a pre- uh, suite or press box right. or whatever. Um, so it's interesting to hear that. Um, you talked about the one thing I noticed about your story is that, You've had a lot of adversity, right? That at such a young age had, that you've had to overcome. And the moment that you had in the World Baseball Classic with Team Canada and you faced off against Team USA around right. that moment. Talk a little bit about that because I know a lot of people honed in on the negatives to that. But I have to imagine at such a young age, there was a lot of positives to come out of that game, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that as bad as it went, I think it was one of the best things that's happened yeah. in my baseball career. I mean. I'm never going to, or I probably won't face a lineup like that ever again until I, <laughs> until I finish yeah. it again.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it's kind of like having the equivalent of like your big league debut, per se, against a really right. good lineup. Um,
0: it's an all star team, though. It's uh, kind yeah, of a uh, <laughs> <an all-star> <laughs> Yeah.
1: So, I mean, just that lineup itself, I mean, top to bottom, quite a few Hall of Famers. But, I mean, going in, I didn't look at it that way. I kind of just looked at it as another start. I was pretty pretty calm before you know get the jitters a little bit especially in a situation like that but um one of the, the funnier stories was i was rolling out uh, before the game in the in the weight room and russell martin one of the coaches is standing there beside me and I'm like you play i'm like so you played the big leagues a few years what do you got on these guys <laughs> just, like joking around and he's like oh just like focus on your strengths like do what you do best and and give me a few pointers here and there, but I, I didn't want to go in with too much information. Cause I feel like that can really mess with you, especially when you're just trying to throw strikes and yeah. compete. You're thinking about, Oh, he can't hit a fastball up in a way, but if my command isn't great that day. I can't throw it there. It's no good. Right. So, but uh, no, that, that experience was, was good. Um, I don't remember too much of it, to be honest. I was very, yeah. like so hyper-focused. There's like bits and pieces that I remember. And, but to be honest with you, it, it was all kind of a blur for the most
0: part. Yeah. I
2: imagine. <laughs> yeah.
0: i got to imagine, too, though, outside of that start, the experience must have been full of positives, too, right? You're surrounded by a lot of veterans that are on that team, Canada, as well. And you're surrounded by like, older guys who have been through some things that maybe you haven't been through yet and you get to learn from them. Were there any routines you picked up from guys while having that experience that you kind of like brought into your own game?
1: Uh, I had a really good talk with Paul Quantrill, Cal Quantrill's mm. dad um and i mean we sat down for probably an hour and a half just two hours just 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 talking just talking talking baseball and he just said like make sure when your misses are big you're able to like minimize them as much as you can if you miss like up an arm side your next miss should not be in that same spot and he said like the higher you go up in the levels the less those misses are going to happen the more you're going to be able to minimize them so for example, like this year past year, I was in high A. Like you're going to see that probably six, seven pitches in a row. But as you get into Double A, Triple A, you might see it three pitches and they're back in the zone consistently instead of multiple. So just being able to hone it back in that way was was something
0: that really helped me.
2: Yeah, that's
0: awesome. Tyson, I'll turn it back over to you.
2: Yeah. Uh So I too am Canadian, so I'm going to focus a little bit more on the Canada <laughs> side too. Um... You know, it was recently announced that the Olympics was bringing back baseball, Got uh, you know, the World Baseball Classic coming up again in short order. What does those opportunities mean for someone like you? Like, are they opportunities that you would want to pursue in the future, represent country again? Or I know it's a bit of a tough question because it's so far away, but I guess at the same time, what does it mean for you that potentially there's an opportunity that Canada could field a team for the Olympics and you could potentially be part of that?
1: I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I think one of, the, one of the coolest things is, uh, I'm from a somewhat small town. Uh, it's called Newmarket, and we've only produced one guy in the MLB, and his name was Pete Orr. And it's mm-hmm. funny enough because yeah. in our uh, in our high school gym, because he went to the same high school as me, and I just remember going in there like when I was in nine or ninth, tenth, eleventh grade. Uh, and I would just be either throwing the ball against the wall, getting my throwing in that day. And I always be looking up and there's a banner that says Pete Orr, and then Olympics <laughs> like ba- baseball or whatever. So right. that's the first thing I thought of when, when they included uh, baseball back in the Olympics. And hopefully I can, I can play for team Canada one day and that would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I imagine that like, just having that opportunity to wear your country's name on the jersey. We interviewed Justin Wiley who was on the great Britain team before the world baseball classic. And he talked about like, just how much more the World Baseball Classic meant than the actual game, right? It was a lot of bringing just guys together to kind of fight for one goal for the country, for the team. Um, What was that meant to you uh, when you had your experience with the WBC?
1: I mean, it was surreal. You're surrounded by guys who, I mean, when I started following Baseball Canada and the program itself when I was pretty young, I mean, quite a few names that I actually got to play with on that team too. So it was cool to see like the the Freddie Freeman's the Tyler O'Neill's the Cal Quantrill's uh, there's quite a few quite a few big names um, and then even like some of the younger guys like like Bo Naylor for example he I went on a trip with him with the junior national team um, when I was 15 and he was 18 and he was already in pro ball so just kind of seeing how he went about his business was was pretty interesting but I mean yeah as you said you're playing for more than just the game you're playing for your country you have I mean it's an honor to be able to represent your country with uh, like on your, on your chest and be able to take a lot of pride in that.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Tyson, I'll go back to you.
2: Yeah, I, I guess, like I said, I talk a little bit about Canada. Um, growing up, you were part of the Toronto Mets program. Um, what was your decision kind of going with that program in particular versus any of the other programs kind of within that area?
1: Um, I would say it, it was somewhat local, like closer to home. I mean, there were a few teams that were closer, but the Mets just had a really good track record um there were there were a few other teams that were a little bit further that on paper could have been better but the fit for myself and the Mets was was a really good fit I mean created some of my best friends from that team I mean I still go into the facility today and train with quite a few of them who were in pro baseball as well
2: so it's it's just a really
1: good group of guys
2: and your experience overall you know I like we mentioned earlier you spent some time down in Georgia but before then your experience with the Mets program I guess was there any big highlights that you remember from then? Anything that really stuck out? I know, like you said, you have you have friends and great memories, but is there right. really is I there would, one or two that really stuck out? I would
1: say my one of my biggest memories of the Mets was when we went went down to Georgia for a tournament. I think it was my sixteen year, and I was still fifteen, and I hit ninety for the first time. And this is when college coaches still couldn't talk to me because I wasn't old enough. <laughs> and I just remember my my head coach after the game, and like there was quite a few scouts there to begin with, but um i just remember him like pulling me off the side after the game and it's like this coach this coach this coach this coach and this coach i want to talk to you and i'm like oh no like i don't have a u.s phone plan <laughs> so, uh, so all the canadians know about that issue how right it's so expensive getting a u.s phone plan so sure enough i had to take one of my or i think it was his phone or one of my friend's phones that i had to take and I was probably on the phone for like two and a half hours that night. And I just remember giving them a bunch of cash and just being like, this is going to cost you a lot of money. I'm really sorry, but here you go. <laughs> so that, that's, that's probably that's my awesome. biggest memory with, with the Mets. That's awesome. <laughs> Got to get one of those
0: international plans. There you go. Yeah, I
1: finally, finally switched it over. Yeah. Now. We, so we're we all, have
0: terrible all plans up man.
2: in Canada. Sure. Really? Oh, they're terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I love it. All uh, right, Tyson, do you have any more questions? I'll go to the last couple I have here. Yeah, I, I got
2: just last one. Um, yeah. In the off-season, do you come back up to, you said you kind of come back up to New Market or are you staying down, down south?
1: So I got back home to New Market probably a week ago yesterday. I was in the Fall League as well, right. on a Fall League, so I was over there playing, um, stayed there a little bit longer, and then uh, got home, and then I'm going to stay here probably till. Early or middle of January, early February, and then I'll probably fly back out to Arizona to get ready for spring training. So there's cool. a decent group of us. I mean, there's like two or three pitchers uh, came up through the Mets organization, and there's like three or four hitters as well who came through. So just being able to be with them and kind of get back together for the off season is a lot of fun but to get after it and train together.
0: Awesome. Yeah, Good. you were on the surprise Agueros, yeah, right? And you all won the, the championship. We did. Yeah. yeah, we yeah were how it was that experience?
1: It was cool. It, it was really cool. I mean, I was kind of disappointed that we had to go to Scottsdale for. It. I mean, we came first. <laughs> we should be able to host. It. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we went over to Scottsdale and
0: that's it like was the headquarters cool. for the fall league, like, though. There They're you just go. Like, yeah, there. yeah. Get some more fans.
1: Yeah. So uh, went out there. It, it was a good atmosphere. It was pretty cool. It felt like you were finally like playing for something. Like it's Like the yeah. game meant something because before, yes, the games meant something in all the regular season games, but. To be honest with you, the adrenaline, I mean, I was sitting on the bench and the adrenaline was going a lot more than when I was some days when I was pitching. So it's just a little bit different and really really close game, but the boys pulled through and we got the win.
0: Yeah, you guys you had a bunch of guys that we've had on the podcast, like Eric Brown Jr., Don uh, okay. I know, uh yeah. Peyton Wilson. So you had a bunch of characters in that. Oh, so yeah. What was it like being <laughs> with those personalities? They're
1: pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I think like all of those guys, it's pretty cool to see because you're used to just being around the guys and you're already. And then you start, you get in the group with like five different organizations and one team. And, you know, we just start talking about how the different organizations work and, and just like how, how some are different, how same, some are same and just the ins and outs of each other. But it's pretty cool to see. So hopefully I'll see some of them during the season next year.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, going to the last couple of questions. I always ask one fun, and kind of one more serious. I asked Damiano this too, on the podcast interview, because Tim Hortons, we know is the, the famous yeah. Canadian donut yeah. place. Uh, What's the go-to Tim Hortons order? The
1: go-to Tim Hortons order is a sausage farmer's wrap, which is uh, a hash brown, cheese, uh, an egg, and then this chipotle sauce on top. It's it's really really good. Uh, and then probably just uh, a double double coffee. So I don't know if you're familiar with that. With the <laughs> we call it double double, two sugars, two cream. Oh no! I go straight black.
2: So, yeah,
0: Damiano's was the sausage farmer's wrap, too. Oh, that was so the first one. Tyson, do you have one? I have to ask you, too.
2: Um, uh, usually, I get the homestyle biscuit with sausage mm-hmm. and then the ice cap, but made with chocolate milk instead. Right.
1: Oh, that's a good
2: one. <laughs> like a Love secret it. menu <laughs> item. You can ask for it. You didn't even <laughs> didn't, not even advertise.
0: That's, that's like in and out in Arizona. They got a whole entire secret menu that you can go to. <laughs> animal fries, all the things. You oh, can yeah. get all these oh, different goodness. things. So uh, the last question I always ask, uh, just because we want this podcast, one to to shed light on the human side of the game. So fans get a a picture of that, but also for future athletes who might be tuning in trying to get lessons from the players and the journeys that they've been on. uh, If you had one piece of advice for a guy who might be on some similar journeys that you've been on trying to overcome some adversity, uh, what would that one piece of advice be?
1: I would say, two big things that kind of helped me is just like enjoying the process. Mm. Um, Cause if you're not having fun, it's, it's going to be kind of miserable, especially in the really tough times. Like if you don't enjoy coming to the ballpark and, and, uh, and just like just talking with the boys, like having fun, getting your throwing, working out everything. If you don't enjoy that, then maybe uh, baseball might not, not might not be for you. Um, but with that being said, we're all going to have our tough days we're all going to have to overcome adversity. It's just how we manage to get through that. And just especially the, one of the biggest things that helped me is don't let the highs get too high and the lows get too lows. Because we're all, I mean, as I said, we're all going to struggle. We're not going to pitch well every time out. It's just physically impossible to do so. So how are we able to kind of stay stagnant and like kind of ride the roller coaster and be pretty pretty linear with, with our attitude and with, with everything, how we go about our business and you shouldn't be too happy one day, too sad the other. You should be pretty pretty consistent with that.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. It's kind of like focusing on where your feet are, right? Just mm-hmm. being in that present moment, knowing that, hey, this is where it's at. Like yesterday right. happened, get to move on to the next day. I think that's huge.
1: Yeah. I actually got that written on my glove, be where your feet are. The acronym mm. is like the tanky side. So yeah. Sometimes like if things are spiraling out of control and you know things aren't going well, I'm able to look back at that and just kinda of, it'll help ground me just to know like I've worked hard enough to get where I am here. Like, there's no reason for self-doubt or or reasons for that.
0: Yeah, I love it. I think that's a perfect thing to end on, uh, Mitchell. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to join Behind the scenes. I know you're busy, just got done with the fall league, so we really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us, and we're wishing you nothing but the best uh, in life and in baseball going into the next season.
1: No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me on.